Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is old-time banjoist and poet Molly Tenenbaum. We recorded this a month ago in Seattle, a day before I recorded Armin Barnett. Stick around afterwards and I'll tell you how you can hear more of Molly's music and read her poetry. I'll also let you know how to support Get Up in the Cool and get some exclusive bonus content. But first, here's my interview and jam with Molly Tenenbaum. Enjoy! to get up in the cool nice to be here yeah in your home in Thank my you. own house to have a show <laughs> yeah um banjo duets that's what we're doing today it's been a while since i've had a banjo episode i've always always loved them bum ditties back and forth tennis <laughs> um so how did you start playing all-time music uh that's a good question did you start on the banjo I took guitar lessons at McCabe's in L.A., and my teacher had a very hard time teaching me because I didn't know what I wanted to learn, mm. and whatever it was wasn't pleasing me, mm. and I never practiced. Uh-huh. But I hung out at the store, and um, old-time music would come through the shop all the time, and people who lived in L.A. at the time who I would hear, I heard Tom Sauber a lot, Eddie Lowe, um, Earl Collins, yeah. Uh, Nancy Doles at the time, Nighthammer now, she lived there yeah. and she had an old time <laughs> band, um, Grey Cat String Band, who had a Grimalkin Irish band, Alter Ego. And um, so I heard a lot of them coming through the shop and I liked it. And then I 
listen to this radio show that was a bluegrass show, but every once in a while they played this other stuff. Yeah. That I, so um, it's just I heard some of it around, and then I saw some people playing the banjo. It was the coolest thing. Because you couldn't tell what their hands were doing. Yeah. There was no correlation between the right hand and the left hand and the sounds that were coming out. That's probably like one of the biggest barriers to entry with claw hammer banjo. It's like, what is, what, <laughs> I don't I understand the thing I'm hearing. Right. <laughs> and like, there would be doing this thing at. over here with their right hand. Yeah. And this thing over here. And then this music that didn't seem related to either hand yeah. was coming out. <laughs> and he went, that's just so mysterious. Yeah. So that was kind of. When you were taking story. guitar lessons, were you already a musician? Or was that your first instrument? Not really. I mean, I took piano lessons when I was a kid, and I also never practiced. Uh-huh. And reading music was a big barrier to... How come? I just, like, it was so... It just was work for me. It never got easier to read music when I was learning piano. And mm-hmm. every single time, I would have to, like, space it out. or Sure. And... I just never, ever, ever got easy. Are you like a visual learner or more of like an aural or a different, like, is your style of learning just like when looking at a page just like doesn't mean anything to you? Of or, music? Yeah. Um, no. No. I mean, I can tell some things like if there's a lot of notes really close together. Sure, sure. <laughs> but, and I can, but no, I don't really read. I try to avoid it. Yeah. Because, um, but I put things in the slow downer. Nowadays, yeah. you have the way to slow down music and try to figure out what the actual notes. I do are. that all the time. It's really yeah. helpful. <laughs> so, but I'm sure I learn things. I was, I learn them how how I can hear them, mm-hmm. and then you know what I do? I learn them how I can play them, which isn't yeah. always the same as how they go. <laughs> I mean, sometimes. <laughs> That creates really good music. I hope so. Usually. I mean, that's I feel like that's what everyone's doing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if fiddlers have the excuse that banjo players have. Right. It's like, you just can't actually get that note in a clawhammer way. Yeah. So I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah. And the fiddlers, like, there's probably some way they have to get those notes. Right. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's more philosophizing that happens about, like, what the melody is. On the banjo? Yeah, on the banjo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always thought, okay, this is my idea. Nobody steal this idea because I'm going to do it some way, someday and make a million dollars. But um, <laughs> my, my idea is the bumper sticker that says, don't follow me, I'm a banjo player. Yeah, very good. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm going to retire on that. I, I would buy one. <laughs> Definitely. 50 cents? Oh, I would pay more than that. Okay. You, could, you could do more than that. <laughs> There's like a whole, there's like a lot of old time bumper stickers going around. Yeah. Like, right. um, do you know John Sam- Salmon by any chance? Um, he lives in Philly and he has, he took all of these classic rock, um, like ACDC or like. Oh, he um, has this, is he the one with the Salyer t-shirt? No, that is Lyle Werner. Oh. So yeah, there's all these different old time <laughs> memes going around and yeah. Uh, and then Hoot and Holler came up with um, make bluegrass make all bluegrass all time again. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, it's like there's a market for it. Yeah, <laughs> you can totally market. retire on that. <laughs> I got that make bluegrass all time again sticker for free, so I'm sure somebody made a bundle. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else are we gonna play? Um, 
Oh yeah, how did you find this this song here? <laughs> oh yeah, so I'm not sure how to pronounce the title of this one. If I say it syllabically, it's Sikipa Nangwe Mukaye. But if you listen to the song, all the syllables run together. Like yeah, because he's a native speaker of his own language. Yes. It's um, I just had this album of guitar music from East Africa, and I thought some of them would be fun to play Clammer yeah. style, so I did. This one, If um, I found a record of what it was about, and it's uh, Drink Moderately and Domestic Troubles Will Be Lessened. Yeah. That's the <laughs> good advice. of the song. Um, and I'm on my banjo that's tuned in G. Oh yeah, what what tuning were you using for that last tune? Oh, that was uh, starting with the fifth string. Um, oh, and I'm in G, not F. I usually think of it as an F tuning, but I have it up to G right now. So right. it's G, E, A, uh, D, E. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. I've heard people call that the Sandy River Bell tuning. Is that what you call it? Or do you have an? I I've heard I have a name for it, for it, but Sandy River Bell works really well for it. Yeah. Um, Big Sayote, a lot of people play yeah. in it. So that's more like G.
You are so fabulous. Thank you. You too. Figuring those out. Yeah. Um, open call. I want to hear more uh, African banjo music. So if anyone has it out there, send it send it on over. <laughs> and the record, um, I can find it, and Cameron will tell everybody it's what it is. Uh, yeah. It's uh, basically guitar music of. Tanzania, Zaire, somewhere else. And it's got a bunch of different players on it. And that um, player of that one is Francis Makatime. And I think, if I remember, it was recorded in 1974 or something like that. Also, whoever can speak Bantu and wants to translate the words for me, that would be great. Yeah. (laughs) Right on. So there are old-time musicians coming through the shop. And... When did you actually pick pick up the banjo? Oh, oh, so in L.A. through McCabe's, yeah. Well, one thing I remember is we also had the Topanga Canyon Banjo and Fiddle Contest, and I would go to that kind of not knowing anything. I was 15 or 14 hmm. or something. And uh, I went to this workshop that was Alan Hart, Mike Seeger, and Tom Sauber, and they were talking about how to play a clawhammer style banjo and they described and they demonstrated uh-huh. and I didn't have a banjo and I just said I have to remember that I have to remember that and I remembered it for a year and then my parents rented me a little plastic banjo a plastic banjo well it was a harmony you know yeah. plastic thing and um, <laughs> and I'm like okay what did they say at that workshop and I tried to like do what they yeah. said and it, it was really hard <laughs> did Mike Seeger so Pete, I feel like Pete Seeger always said, bum titty. Did Mike Seeger say that or did he say something else? You know, I don't recall. I never liked that phrase. Yeah, me neither. Um, <laughs> it's a little misleading too because like so much of the great banjo playing isn't that. Isn't that, I know. Yeah. When I teach, I ask people what their favorite beverage is. And... Um, Sometimes they say coffee, so I say black coffee. Black coffee. coffee. That's pretty good. Which doesn't quite roll. Or um, if they have a pet, what's your pet? Oh, cute doggy. Cute doggy. Again. <laughs> <laughs> if, um, their, if their favorite beverage is beer, <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of one. Uh, so I'm sure you followed many many fiddlers could you tell us some who have you played with and um how has that affected the way that you've approached the banjo because we were talking about the philosophy of like how to play a melody right and obviously that would have a lot to do with who you're accompanying right i don't actually play a lot of melody i always found that the hardest part um any kind of left hand thing or coordinating what (laughs) <laughs> playing more than one note at a time on a mm-hmm. string it's like nah. um could have fooled me <laughs> but uh well that's the thing is okay how am i gonna trick the fiddler into thinking that i'm actually <laughs> playing the tune they're playing um but yeah certain fiddlers have really formed my playing a lot um so probably the person i've played with the most would be armin barnett mm. uh just he's a great fiddler and he lives in seattle and um i've lived in seattle we've lived in seattle for a long time so we play together a lot and 
just he's kind of he plays a lot of notes and I don't but he plays like choice notes yeah. and um, really interesting tunes so I really played a lot with him uh, and David Kahn also because they're the two fiddlers in the Bulldogs so we play a lot together and, mm. um when Armin plays, you say he plays a lot of notes. Does he play the same lot of notes every time, like through the through the tune, or does he um, does he change it? There are some changes. Because I I found that like um, you know my temptation is to like play all the notes and then but there's some fiddlers I can't do that with. Like the first time I played with David Bass, you know, because he's like. I, I couldn't possibly play all of all of the notes <laughs> or with like all of these Midwestern fiddlers and it's forced me to like, you know, play the banjo like how it's supposed to be and to like um, use a different part of my brain. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like Hank Bradley I've played with a lot and he is, if you play with him a lot, you can learn to predict a little bit, but it's basically unpredictable and out there and so I'm just probably going to be like a guitar player uh-huh. for that <laughs> um, and uh, there's a lot of fiddlers I love that I listen to all the time but I won't say that I am directly influenced but probably Jimmy Triplett I try to listen mm. to like all the time I don't listen to everybody though. I listen to African guitar players. Yeah. I listen to, anyway, um, whatever recording someone sends me that it, the tune appeals to me, and that's my latest influence. So. Yeah. What? So this tune, Betsy. Right. Is not. I didn't know that I had this tune on my in my library. How did you find out this was the name for it? Oh, the person. Um, Maya, who played it at the jam, she said it was called Betsy. Interesting. And then when I looked it up, she said it was a Henry Reed tune called Betsy. And then when I looked it up, it was listed both under that title and under unnamed mm. a tune. <laughs> there you go. So um, I would have to go back and read the notes hmm. about that. This is a really cool tune. I haven't heard this one or played this one before. Um, it sounds like pirate music. Pirate music. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so, I don't know why that was my first association. So anyway, yeah, the moto type of tune uh, goes like this.
Betsy. <laughs> Very good. It's funny, while we were playing that, I was also thinking about, it's like, wait a minute, once you start naming fiddlers, then it's like, do you have to knit all the fiddlers? No, yeah. It's like, man, well, I left out so many people. But um, uh, right now, between us, because we're doing a banjo duet, it's not, for you, it's probably really improvisatory, but for me... I'm playing it the way I always play right, it. Right. <laughs> so, but when I'm playing with fiddlers, it's the most fun for me in those situations is just if I'm on the edge of my seat and I have no idea yeah. how they're going to do the phrase the <laughs> next time. And I'm trying to get there, but I'm trying to do it at the same time they are. And, yeah. um, that's like so fun. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I feel like when I have banjo teachers on the show, that's a great way to like... Um, get people get an idea for how they consider the instrument. How do you start teaching banjo? Like if it's um, brand new student has no idea what they're doing, what's the first thing you teach? Um, first of all, I will tell. This is not what I tell them, but what I'm telling the people out there yes. is, I'm a super limited banjo player. I mean, all I really do is claw hammer. I do some sort of fake finger picking in uh -huh. a way that I never really learned how to fill in any gaps or anything but I don't consider myself able to teach anything and then even in Clawhammer is I really can't teach people all kinds of chordy things or where notes are once you get up the neck or anything like that because I just don't ever didn't cultivate that in myself but um to answer your question I say it's like you're walking down the road and you're mm -hmm. swinging your arms. And it, okay. for some reason, it has <laughs> to, to be a great start. <laughs> for some reason, it has to be a road. I never say street or sidewalk. The word has to be road, or it doesn't feel right to me. So it's like you're walking down the road, swinging your arms, and when you you're swinging your it mostly the right arm. Although I have some left-handed students actually. Mm -hmm. um, so then they're swinging their left arm. Yes. And pay attention when you're swinging your arm that um, first of all when you hit the bottom you come right back up again right uh there's nowhere else to go you can't yeah. keep going down and the weight of your hand just makes you come back up again and also you have to feel that your fingers are curved mm. and then if you straighten them out all of a sudden everything tenses up so that's yeah not and so then i then we manipulate that feeling that walking down the street swinging your arms feeling to the front of the banjo yeah and basically, you go from there. That's perfect. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, when I uh, teach banjo students, they often try to, they want to do micro movements. Like, oh, they yeah, want to yeah, yeah. approach Clawhammer as if it's, you know, Scrug style or something. Right. You know, they like, they'll even like flick. They'll like yeah, flick with yeah. their finger down. <laughs> I'm like, you're not going to be able to do that up to speed. I just, so yeah, it's not sustainable. But Walking you know, down the street. Oh, so you know who, um, who I learned a lot from is Stefan Sanders. I don't know Stefan. Stefan Sanders um, lives in Ithaca right now. He played, uh, and still when they reunion with the Wildcats, so with um, Rafe Stefanini and Carol Elizabeth Jones and Stefan were the Wildcats. And he's a great banjo player. And he lived in California for a while, and I used to watch his hand a lot. Uh, really just beautiful long fingers and graceful hand. and. Um, again, I micro, I'm macro watched. So, you know, there's the micro movements you're talking yeah. about, but I macro watched. Um, I, cause I couldn't, when you're watching a banjo yeah. player, you can't even see what their fingers are doing because they're behind oh. 
they're on the other side of their hand. Yeah. So I went, okay, I can't see what the fingers are doing, so therefore I am going to look at just the outside of the hand and the hand shape. And mm -hmm. I actually practiced in the mirror just making a hand shape that looked like Stefan's. Yeah. Stefan, I don't know if you know that. Um, <laughs> um, but she had just this most beautiful thumb shape. It was just so graceful. I thought, well, maybe if my hand looks as graceful as that, the music will sound good. Yeah. So I actually tell that to my students. I say, you know, find a banjo player you really like and look at their, because you can watch everything on YouTube yeah. now, you know, look at how they're holding their hand and then just in a mirror, make your hand look that way. And also, if you tell people to play into a mirror, in front of a mirror, they can see their fingers flicking. And I yeah. say, well, just don't do that. Yeah. Also, do you, um, when it's satsuma season or lime season, just if you hold a lime in your hand. Oh, very good. In the, I've heard people say hold a credit card, but I will never say that. I'll say hold a library card or a museum membership very card. Very good, very good. <laughs> uh, in your hand. Yeah, I, I think that would probably affect the music somehow if you're holding a credit card. And then also yeah. um, for practicing patterns, you know, when people are learning drop them patterns or whatever pattern yeah. you're learning, it's just repetition, right? Yeah. So, um, I always tell people to stare at something. Hmm. And I think, I mean, I don't actually know anything about um, the nervous system, but I tell people fakery, fake facts that... Um, <laughs> I've heard so many <laughs> fake facts about how your body works from music, from music educators. I bet. It's like all they tell. <laughs> but I think that if you look at something and you sort of detach your visual sense from what your hands are doing, yeah. at least for me, then you get it more um, subterraneanly. So I tell people to stare either out, the, out at nature or at art. Yeah. And then I say, well, some people like to watch football with the sound off. But I recommend nature or art to <laughs> stare at while you repeat your patterns. Yeah. Et cetera. Yeah. It's good advice. <laughs> nature or art i uh this is i don't think i've said this on the show before but when i was like practicing all my drop thumbing patterns i uh um i was watching star trek voyager on netflix oh. and uh and just like watching it so that i could like because i got so bored you know doing <laughs> like doing these like exercises because it doesn't sound like music you know and like some people like just love just the, the sonic quality of the banjo even if it's not musical but it wasn't doing it for me. So I was like, I have to, I have to like not think about it and just like let my hands go on autopilot. And somehow that worked. Probably wasn't as good as, it's probably somewhere between football and, and nature. <laughs> well, you know, whatever works for each individual person. Yeah. Cool. Very good. I, I like how your, um, I feel like all of your advice for how to learn banjo is it's sort of like mysterious and intuitive. And I feel like that's how you describe like when you, when you first sort of fell in love with it and when you're watching it and listening to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's good. Well, on the other hand, it isn't because with, as with learning anything, right. You just have to practice it a mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. And if you do it a lot of times, yeah. then you'll get better at it. So <laughs> that's not very mysterious. No, <laughs> <laughs> but it's so reassuring. I remember, 
you know, when I was only playing the banjo for a year, I was like, okay, well, I've been playing for a year now. Yeah. And then I thought to myself, well, eventually I'll have been playing for 10 years. Yeah. And that will be something. Yeah. <laughs> and um, now it's been a lot longer than uh-huh. that. Uh, Shall we go to D? Let's do that. So you're using a special tuning for this one. Right, this one's the one you're doing Ruben tuning, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. It depends who you, It depends how you usually play banjo if you think this tuning is special or not. That's true. <laughs> I've I don't think I've ever used this tuning before. It's special to me. <laughs> okay, so um, if anybody's wondering what we're talking about, it's um, F sharp D F sharp A D. Yeah. And I'm not there yet, so I will get there. Yeah. Cool. actually don't approve of fake facts. In okay. this day and age, I think we have to be yeah. careful to say true things as much as possible. That's a good point. But, um, but sometimes things are like intuitively true. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and for me, it is true that if I stare at something, yeah. it helps me learn a different thing. Yeah. So um, the tune we were talking about playing is Roscoe's Gone, which is by Hank Bradley. He wrote it quite a while ago. It's on his first record, The Poison Coyote Kid. And um, so it's basically the banjo part that I play. Yeah. I don't really. The tune is a little more complicated than what I do. Um, and it goes, should we play it? Yeah. It goes like this. Um, it goes not like that, but like
spooky tune. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's, it's a great tune. It's a great tune. And I should plug Hank's band, which is called Roscoe's Gun, which features Hank on fiddle and Candy Goldman on banjo and Bill Meyer on guitar. So we have one more tune left. Yes. But before we do that, um, you have various things that people can buy. Oh, yes. Products, <laughs> lessons, etc. Yeah. Tell us about some or all of them. Okay, so yeah, I have a website, so you can just look at the various items there. But I have two CDs. One is called Goose and Gander, and it's banjo and guitar, basically. Me and my cool. brother, my brother's... Dan is playing guitar and we sing some songs. Uh, actually, I think th th it's a banjo. The album features the banjo, but there's a little sort of vocal accompaniment, I Great. guess I would say. <laughs> uh, I and then the um, Instead of a Pony album, that's it's sort of like this podcast, but without the talking. Okay. Um, <laughs> I invited several of my friends that I like to play with to play on this record with cool. me. Um, so it's got a lot of tunes with the Queen City Bulldogs. That's Armin and David and our guitar player, Dan Lakshan. Sadly, late Dan Lakshan, which hmm. pisses me off. Isn't that the worst? It's the worst. <sighs> it is the worst. We're in a band for 25 years, and then, like, that's it. But Flake, flaky band <laughs> God damn it. I know. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I hate it. I'm sorry. Um, that was 2013. He mm. left us. Um, and then Rich Hartness, another like yeah. dream person to play with. And so creative. Just such a creative musician so to follow him on the banjo is really fun so that's um the two cds and then i'm also a poet and i have a lot of poetry books and just talk to me about those if you want to Re really neat poetry books that uh, there's more than just you know it's not just a chat book there's like it's multimedia <laughs> yeah. yeah i have one um kind of multimedia artist book that's poems about ventriloquism and uh, there's photographs in there. It's a collaboration between me and an artist, Ellen Ziegler. And my grandparents were ventriloquists, so it's oh, kind cool. of bringing... Both of them? Both. On my father's on difference. side. Okay. Um, my, my paternal grandfather and grandmother were both ventriloquists. Did they have an act together? They did, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. He taught her, and then they... Toured. So there's like four of them up there. Right. <laughs> and then they had two kids who also, so oh eight of goodness. them. Do you, are you a ventriloquist? No. Okay. My grandfather tried to give me lessons and um, I didn't practice. Being a banjo player is kind of like being a ventriloquist. <laughs> a little bit. Well, you know, you could sort of get into this thing where everything's like everything. Yeah, sure. Like, That's what poetry is about, right? If you think about it, everything's like playing the banjo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone pause and think about it for a minute. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll... You know, I've been working... I've been trying to work on poems about that for a really long time, and yeah. someday I'll finish them. Um, Thanks so much yeah. for being on the show. Oh, Molly. gosh, it's so it's fun lovely. to have you here... Um, 
I hope to come visit uh, Seattle more when I when I live in the Pacific Northwest again. So hope to, hope to. Well, you will, and then yeah. we all there's a lot of interplay between Portland and yeah. Seattle, and maybe you'll come to Weezer. I hope so. And how many children are you, like? I got one you, at the moment. How old? <laughs> three. Three. Okay. Is so. it a three-year-old friendly place? Yeah. Good. Are there other three-year-olds there? I don't know. How many toddler? How many? To, how much toddling is going on in the Northwest old time scene right now? Well, there's a brand new baby born. Right. Hazel. I gotta meet that baby. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't met Hazel yet, but so. And then um, Ashley just had a baby too. There's a lot of babies. I don't know any actual toddlers right now. Yeah. Well, maybe the next round will yeah. match it. With, yeah. Good. Very the cool. people who are my peers, their kids are all like. You know, graduated from college yeah. and f- we're going to D, right? Mm-hmm. You want to tell the people, um, tell the people <laughs> something about this? It's this Pennsylvania music, right? Uh, I would assume this is because Mark and Mark and Richard are playing it. Right. I don't know if they play anything or if they record anything other than Pennsylvania music. I guess there's so much of it. And- don't have time to do anything else (laughs) so yeah i learned this or i didn't exactly learn it but i faked it from mark tamsula and richard Williams. right one of these records of pennsylvania music that they did and um, i just really liked it yeah everyone go check those out uh i don't remember which one this is from if it's up in the batten house or up jump joe in the middle of it or maybe i think there's more (laughs) yeah there's three I think it might be from the one whose title we're not remembering oh, right shoot. now. <laughs> we can find out later. In. Yeah, I'll add it. So in... Um, the title of it is... And then there's a voice <laughs> dubbed in. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, but the tune is called Such a Gettin' Upstairs. Yeah. And whenever I'm searching for it on in my collection, I have to remember that it's G-I-T. That messed me up, too. Because <laughs> I just think of the tune as getting upstairs, but you'll never find it that way. What is... Okay, so this tune... This title could mean a lot of things. Is this is this a, like, tune about being elderly? Is this a an erotic tune? Oh. Like, what is, like... Like the bedrooms upstairs? Yeah, like, let's get upstairs. Like, what is this tune? Do you know? You know, I don't. I don't know. There's a lot of tunes called Getting Upstairs. Yeah. Well, folklorists out yeah, there, you, tell yeah. us about it. <laughs> We're just here to play. I would like to know. So, um...
Go to mollytenenbaum.com and check out Molly's music and poetry. I just read some of her poems and I'm excited to read more. It's rare that my guests have multiple mediums of expression and it's fun to try and compare and contrast the way they play old time and do other things. Also, Molly wanted me to mention a couple things in addition to her website. Uh, one is that she's teaching Clawhammer Banjo at Augusta Old Time Week this year, so sign up for her class. And another is that music is a joyful and mysterious wonder of the universe. Just a, just a plug for music in general, which is about the sweetest, purest promotion yet to take place on Get Up In The Cool. Speaking of promotion, uh, if you want to support Get Up In The Cool, let me help you get started. First, tell people about the show in person and online. Then, look up Get Up In The Cool on Apple Podcasts and write a five-star review. Finally, if you really want me to know how much this show means to you and want me to continue to make it, go to CameronDoIt.com and click the Patreon button. There, you'll find all the levels at which you can financially support the show and their corresponding rewards, like on-air shoutouts, weekly bonus tracks, online banjo workshops, and access to the Get Up In The Cool Tune Archive, featuring every tune ever played on the show, tagged and organized for your iTunes library. Special thanks to my newest Patreon supporters, Bertie Armstrong and John Calcagno. It really means a lot especially as I get closer to quitting my full-time job and transitioning to podcasting, performing, and teaching banjo for a living. I'm excited to have a lot more energy and passion available for the show. I really do think the difference will be noticeable. Also, on a more personal note, while Get Up in the Cool has been a real source of joy for me, it has kept me away from some things that I really need, like spending time with my family and resting, like at all. Uh, the way I've spent the last two years is unsustainable for my health and happiness, to put it bluntly, uh, and therefore, the show. So, it means the world to me that I don't have to choose. Thank you, Bertie, John, and the rest of my Patreon supporters for sustaining this show and funding the documentation of this awesome era of traditional music. If you don't have it already, the Best of 2016 album, Get Up in the Cool, Volume 1, is available on my website, CameronDewitt.com. Just click the buy slash stream button. And uh, by the way, Volume 2 is coming. I haven't forgotten. Also on my website is a contact form, and that's the best way to reach me, especially if it's for Skype banjo lessons. So come get some banjo knowledge. I host another podcast called Think Outside the Box Set. It's a silly and crass music review show so if you are silly and crass and like to talk about music i highly recommend it think outside the box set is available on all the podcast apps including spotify which continues to elude get up in the cool someday spotify i'm coming for you all the links i mentioned in this outro can be found in the show notes on your device or on camerydewitt.com slash get up in the cool and make sure to like follow and join get up in the cool's facebook page and group then share all the posts Thanks for listening, friends. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.